and welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 10, and I am one of your hosts, Tara Wiedemeyer, Licensed Professional Counselor, and with me is... My name is Brock Yonke, and I'm the Lead Care and Support Pastor at Hope Fellowship. Tara loves doing intros. It's always her favorite thing about It's not cringy the at all. No, not cringy at all. So, uh, Tara, we want to talk about something today that can be an area of conflict. I don't know if you were aware of this or not. It can be an area of conflict for families. So we're going to talk about some money. That's right, folks. Finances. finances. Everyone's favorite topic. And I uh, was telling Tara before we started, I've been watching Fiddler on the Roof lately. And so one of my favorite songs from Fiddler on the Roof is If I Were a Rich Man. So I may bust out in song a couple times. I've already heard it, y'all, and you don't want him to. Daddy, 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 die. We'll see what happens if I were a rich man. So, all right. So it seems like this can be an area of high conflict with couples, Terrace. Could you explain why potentially it's such an area of high conflict for couples? Yes, definitely. So I think it's very different for people, uh, for most people. But I think, you know, oftentimes we come into marriages and relationships with having different values, backgrounds, beliefs, expectations, and relationships with money. And so as we've already discussed in previous episodes that aren't even about money, when we are coming from two different backgrounds like that or even belief systems, like it's hard to sync up and merge with your partner. So I think that's kind of the main thing. And then that branches out into its own things. So like power differentials, income discrepancy, scarcity mindset, like, you know, somebody might be more into like immediate gratification or more impulsive in their spending or habits, debt, tithing and offerings, um, lack of knowledge or understanding things, even budgeting, having different goals. So yeah, that's my answer. All kinds of stuff. So what... It's really been helpful, as you've explained to me over the years, that I don't know why I didn't understand this before, but you always call it the two paths mm-hmm. thing and how we each bring our own experiences, our own values to that. And you can see why that would be such a big deal in all areas of marriage, but especially when it comes to money, because one person may have come from a family that was very conservative in their understanding of money. Uh, one person may come from a family just kind of spent like crazy. And so, and you don't really think through why or how do I believe what I believe, but you just kind of jump in and expect the person to think the same way when they're maybe polar opposite of you. A lot of times it can be very disconcerting. I think money is one of those things. I mean, I think a lot of things fall into this category, but it's like, you know, that saying like you're too close to the trees to see the forest. Is that how like, some, something? Yes. Uh, you're too close to the forest to see the tree. Whatever. So, whatever you're smack is, dab yes. in the middle of it. Yeah. And so it's hard. Like if you grow up seeing certain things and behaviors and that's all you really know and you don't understand the complexities that go into that, then a lot of times we're just going to repeat those behaviors or just fall into those patterns without questioning it until we have to or we're like they're confronted and that can be unpleasant. And there seems to be so much emotion attached to money as well. Like it can either be a source of like um, coping with things, like I'm going to go buy or I'm going to save. Retail therapy. Retail therapy. And so when those things kind of get poked at a little bit, it feels like it was really touching into some deep, raw emotion that you may not even be aware that it's, it's there. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you're responding out of the emotion because you do have different paths that you've been on to get to your understanding of money. Oh, yeah. I think 
the this area there's so much emotion that people also they again they're not aware of it but also these unknown expectations and again sometimes we don't know what our expectations even right. are yeah. until they're not met or they're questioned and so there is like people you know think about it like and money's used in all things for all kinds of stuff and so this is an area where it's just it's so vast. And so like you might be like more conservative in one area or with certain people and in another area you're more impulsive or irresponsible. Like it, it's not a clean cut black and white thing for each person. So I'm going to dive into the therapy world a little bit here that I have no expertise in whatsoever. And okay. you, can, you, can, you can correct a little bit. But it seems like as I've talked to a lot of people, like maybe people that grew up in homes where there wasn't a lot of money tend to have this deep down – thing, hey, I'm, I'm never going to go without again. And so I'm going to make sure that we spend and we live it up. And so there's this emotional, this deep down kind of childhood connection almost with money. And some people have um, grown up in homes where they're just, they're like, hey, we just spent like fools. So I'm never going to be that way again. So we're going to make sure we have plenty. So we're never, um, you know, possibly going to get evicted or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. So there's all this deep down like childhood emotional oh, connection sure. that we can't even really explain. Like you said, it's like expectations we don't even know that are there. Yeah, we can go like if you off of your example, like if you grow up in a home where it's a little more frivolous and people are overspending, you could say like, I don't want to do this and go the other way. Or you could again, go the direction of what you what, what was modeled or, you know, find, find some healthier ground in the middle. But yes, absolutely. Like we are, I think if for me, I, like I'm still learning about my own relationship with money. And I think that's probably going to be for the rest of my life because yeah. like, you know, especially when, like when you have kids or you're saving for their college or your retirement, like there's different seasons and chapters where like you, you do have to buckle down more or you have to start saving for something or making purchases that you've never had to do before. And so you've not had to explore those areas. Like you don't know what you don't know kind of thing, but there's a lot to know. So it's like, we're constantly, I feel like, like turning over these rocks and finding new information or things that we might've again, never confronted that like maybe like is from years ago, whether that's childhood or, you know, if you got yourself into debt one time and worked your way out of it and like you're, you know, that kind of gets activated again down the road. Yeah. No. So there's, what you're saying is like, it's like there's this path of self-discovery that we don't even know what we think necessarily about finance. We have to kind of figure that out. And then that's a journey in itself. But then you throw in another person that's on a completely different path and they're having to figure that out for themselves and had different experiences to get where they're getting. That can be yeah, kind of tough. It's not fun. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the things that I've discovered in, I do a lot of premarital assessments and it seems like almost 90% of the people I work with, they, they go through this assessment and one's a saver and one's a spender. It doesn't. It rarely lines up where they're both savers or both spenders, or they're just not on the same page. Even if like one might, they both. I'm not mean to interrupt. Oh, but that's but, all right. You're, you're, you're but good I at am. It, so you're fine. So yes. what if they're both spenders, but like one is more so than the other? Even so, there's still yeah. like a discrepancy. Oftentimes, you know. So that's yeah. all. Well, because because in my family, uh, my wife. She has this mentality that, uh, that, hey, that's live life. That's, you know, let's make sure we're, we're enjoying life. And, and so she's not a crazy spender by any stretch of the imagination, but she would, 
it's easier for her to spend than me because I want to kind of hold on to everything. Mm-hmm. Then I don't have a problem spending on like big purchases like, oh, we've got to get this big TV or I've got to get this new bike or whatever. Then if it's big, I don't have a problem with that at all. And so it's like even that definition of kind of what a spender yeah. can look a little but different. But what do you so. think? I don't. I mean, we again, I'm not asking you to read the future here, but I'm just curious. If she were more of a saver, do you think that would open up freedom for you to be more of a spender? Like, could the roles reverse, or do you think that's more like y'all both be that way then? I don't know. It feels like I'm always, feels like I'm always pulling back and like I want more in the bank. That's always kind of my thing and have you always been like that yeah i've always been like that and i feel like she's more kind of like hey yeah that's important but we also can't work hard play hard yeah you know like we can't just have so little we don't do anything we have to yeah because we never do anything and so it feels like it's just that it, it, once we've gotten to this groove it feels like we're a really good balance uh for each other so so one of the things we thought we'd do today is it really is important to know your own journey, what you think about money. And that's kind of maybe a good way to kind of curb some conflict in your relationship. But it's also a good idea to know what the other person's thinking as well and to gain their perspective, which we're big advocates of gaining the other person's perspective. So we have a few questions that we're going to ask each other today or and maybe just, you know, see what where we go. There's an example of how to think about money. And so Tara, here are the are the questions. Are you ready? You want to go first? Or you want me to answer first? Um, you go first. So I'm asking you first. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, okay, sure. Okay, I didn't know. I wanted to make sure <laughs> that, was, that was good. Okay, so and these could sorry, be sorry. That was my my nervous. That though. was that was the nervous <laughs> nervous Tara noise. And so these might be some good questions to use at home and maybe like um, one a week or if you go out for dinner sometime just to kind of listen to each other and. Again, the goal is not to judge what they're saying. It's just to s- simply listen and hear. Yes. Okay. So, Tara, here's the first prompt. In your home growing up, money was? That's all I got. Complicated. I'm just kidding. Um. So, and that's the thing. I do think this is a super complex, if I've not already said that, um, topic. So, I mean, just some highlights, like high-level stuff that I saw and remember, Um my parents both worked full time, worked very hard, um, and they were very wise in their financial decisions and, you know, portfolio and investments and all that stuff. Very wise, very good savers, um, but they were also very generous with their money as far as helping those around us in need or the church. Um, but like, you know, they were financially generous and blessed a lot of people. And I learned early on that if you gift someone money or loan someone money, not to expect it back, like it needs to be a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, But I saw them bail people out of financially irresponsible choices sometimes and it was always from a loving place and it was well-intentioned but I also think it enabled some poor behaviors to continue and then that can lead to resentment and just some difficult stuff so they were very giving um maybe even when they it wasn't a healthy thing to do but again that was their choice not mine um but that I saw them always tithe and go above that even with offerings, and that was never a question, like, no matter what, like, that needed to happen. Um, They definitely were not frivolous. Um, 
my dad was definitely more of the saver and and my mom was not like by any means like again she wasn't frivolous she wasn't overspending but like kind of like what you said about Alicia she just she wanted to enjoy things um and they for the most part I think balanced each other out pretty well but my dad was definitely a little more like cheap on, okay. on some things go. like if yeah. we went out to eat thrifty. Um, let's go yeah, thrifty yes, instead thrifty. Yes. um like if we went out to eat to dinner uh for dinner he we couldn't like we'd have to get water like we could go to dinner and get what you want on the menu but you'd have to get a water like no no soda yeah. no and you know just stuff like that or even now like if i'm like want to meet my dad at a coffee shop um if i'm in town like He's like, why don't you just come by the house and I'll make us a cup of coffee here? Like that kind of thing, you know? But um, anyways, I think like they lived well below their means so they could have a secure future and secure our future somewhat like for college and things like that. And so um, they definitely they went without so they could have more money in the bank, which, again, I don't non-judgmentally here like that's not a good or a bad thing like everybody has to do what they need to do um but as i've grown up and again looked at things differently and learned part of me wishes like they would have enjoyed it more along the way because they worked so hard i wish they would have played harder too Hmm. um so i'm hoping that happens in retirement for them but anyways i just they were very good. That's what I saw, like very wise. Like if I ever have a question now, I still call my parents. Um, and they always sought wise counsel, things like that. But I also think there was a lot of emotion for sure tied to, to yes, absolutely. Um, and I don't know. I think that has shaped for sure the way I look at money, spend money, don't spend money. Um, and again, not good or bad, but I, I just want to be aware of those things and confront them so that Daniel and I can do it the way we need to do it. And I'm not governed by just like just repeating stuff without like following it blindly. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's kind of a nutshell. So one of the things I've seen couples do is they'll often try to play armchair therapist with their spouse. Mm-hmm. Like as they are like, well, that's because, and they'll start to try to diagnose them, which I don't think. Stay most, in your lane. Yeah. And most of us have the ability to diagnose someone else and let Tara might, but most of us probably don't have that ability. But as I was listening to that, and so help me if I'm trying to diagnose here, it seems like there was a couple things that, that maybe I could learn about you, like uh, giving to others mm-hmm. is pretty important yeah. with boundaries. Um, and also this balance of like, hey, we need to say, but also we need to live life at the same time. So- yeah, I never want to be rigid. Like, so either like all spending or all say, like, I want, I want to have money in the bank. I want to have some security, but I want to live life. And if I want to go to Starbucks, then I want to go to Starbucks, right. you know, or if I wisely or other, or decide. Or other fine coffee shops in your exactly, area. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not, not really Starbucks. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I just... Yeah, if like if we have big purchases, like there's always there's always um conversations around that now. Like we used to um not used to. When I first got married, um it was I, I think I've even shared this before when we've talked about other things, but like not losing my independence or autonomy was very important to me. And so to go to Daniel and consult him or talk about this or um get his 
weigh in on things around money without me just being able to make that decision for myself. I did not like that. And I kind of, I bucked up against that. I still did it for the most part at first, but I didn't like it. And it felt very foreign and just uncomfortable. Really, yeah. it, it did. And that's so much better now. But like, I just, you know, you, you get to doing things your own way. And again, your own, you have a, your own relationship with money. And so to go to him and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Are you okay with it? Like, here's all the ins and outs. Like to have to explain myself and like take the time to do that was not fun for me. And I used to be much more impulsive in buying and spending than I am now, like, like a 180. Um, but again, I think that's maturity and yeah. having children and being like re- more responsibility that just comes with the territory. So, and I think as for people as they do as they go through these questions together about money, I think just even just making sure you're not trying to judge or what this person is yeah. saying or try to diagnose you're just, you're just hearing their story, gaining their perspective. You're not trying to come up with your response. You're just making sure you hear what they have to say, and also too that you're not, you know, it's like there's. Kind of as we grow, we get a little bit more emotionally in tune mm-hmm. or in touch with ourselves. And even if you feel like they're saying something that maybe is in direct contrast to what you would do with money, not to to do your best to kind of to to not let that overwhelm you and start to kind of battle back, but just to hear their story mm-hmm. and not let that negative emotion overwhelm you, where yeah. you can't hear truly hear what the other person has yeah. to say. Like I think, and that's the thing is emotion. Like like we said, there's so much emotion tied to and associated with our finances, and that's not a bad thing that's not necessarily a good thing all the time either but like as long as we're aware of what those emotions are and maybe even might need to do some work around why yeah that's a win that's still progress that's still growth and i think that's as long as we continue to do that like we're going to end up in a different spot than where we started which is always i mean that's life we're supposed to grow and change and evolve and um this is an area where I feel like, again, it's it's so complex. And depending on what stage of life you're in or what you're saving for or need to start saving for, it's just it, – yeah. it could shift on a dime, pun intended. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So, yeah. all right, what about you? <clears throat> so in my home growing up, um, money was scarce. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was very, very young. So it was just me and my mom. And my mom was a, a music teacher at a Catholic school. And so I don't think music teacher Catholic school pay is very high uh, in the state of Kansas. And so we pretty much just lived, you know, pretty basic lives, didn't really spend a lot. But it was funny because I think my mom potentially felt some guilt um, because my sister was about eight or nine years older than me, so she was out of the house. So I think mom felt guilt about what was going on, that I was didn't have my dad around. So we would kind of scrimp and save and then mom would use that money to spend on me. And so, like, if I wanted something that was really nice, we would she would just kind of do without and then just give me the money. That's kind of the way it grew up. And so I would kind of didn't have to do without a lot of stuff, but I think it was because of the sacrifice my mom did with nothing. And so I kind of grew up with this idea that, hey, if I wanted something, I should be able to get it. And yet realizing there was other areas that just, hey, this is this is something you can let go because that's not as important. But this toy or this Star Wars thing, that was really important that you could mm-hmm. get. And so I think growing up for me, money was like the things you really wanted. You kind of sacrificed other things to get the things you really wanted. And um, the idea of helping out other people or doing things for other people, that really wasn't on the table because we didn't have extra to do that. It was like, 
And so instead of thinking, hey, here's extra money, I can use that to help out other people. It's like, oh, I can buy this cool new thing or whatever. And so that's kind of how I, I grew up thinking about money. It was like it was for me to save up for because there was little. And once I saved up, it was for me to, to finally live life a little bit. And so just the idea of just doing something kind or gracious to another person for another person, sacrificing for them, that just really wasn't in the equation at all because they're – I don't know why it wasn't, but it just wasn't. So, yeah. Hmm. So do you feel like you still kind of roll that way or has that evolved? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's definitely evolved when the kids came along because now I'm thinking about them and thinking about other people and it's still, but, but Alicia's just so, she's like, oh, this person's in need. Hey, did you see that person, their house burned down or whatever? What are you going to do to give to them? And so it's like, it's not a natural inclination for me. And so that's one of the things I appreciate about my wife she kind of says, hey, here's some things to think about. She always thinks that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, but yeah, there's that natural thing where it's like, just kind of save, 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 and then buy what I want is kind of kind of inside of me still that I have to battle against. Yeah. And I need her for that. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's a, a segue into our next question, um, because I can piggyback off of what you just said there. Um, but one of our things that we, that you could say to your spouse or... Um, it's not really a question. It's more of a statement. But it says the thing I appreciate appreciate about you in relationship to money is, and so I'm going to answer this for Brock, or about Brock rather than my husband, since Brock is sitting here. Yes. Um, but just even based off of what you said, I do feel like that is an area you have definitely had to have evolved in because of what I see. Um, I might get for Clint, so I'm going to not look at you. Okay. Um, Still debate over verb versus <laughs> verb, but go ahead. Um. Like the Klimt, you know, yes. like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I see that like in you, like you live a very disciplined and structured life. And so oftentimes when we do that, that does play out financially, mm-hmm. you know, in, in our decisions and patterns. And so I don't know the ins and outs of, of your accounts and your portfolio, obviously, but what I've seen and the things we've talked about, but that you live below your means and make sacrifices so your kids can have a good life and go to college and all the things, um, but that you've sought wise counsel and been diligent over the years and that you work really hard to to have that security. And so if you want to buy that bike, like we've talked about, like I say go for it if it's there because you do work really hard and you've taken good care of your family, you and Alicia both. And so... That's what I have seen in you in a relationship to money. Wow. That was very nice. Thank you. And it's funny how if you're – it depends on how you, you spin that because it could be spun as you're cheap or whatever too. Oh, see, I don't see it like that No, but at I all. mean like yeah, – but the, like, I see it as wise. As wise a discipline. And so just like when you're trying to – you're scanning for positive things about that other person, it really can help spin it like, oh, that's really great that you're doing something to sacrifice for your family. So as I was saying that, were you sitting there like she thinks I'm cheap? No. <laughs> Is I'm that just, where your I'm just went? thinking about how it would be easy if you're in a relationship – to see someone like oh, that and say, oh, they're cheap, when they could just be, it could be out of pure motivation, begin that two roads problem, where they're coming from. Uh, so when, when it comes to Tara and money, one of the things that Tara is just, and, I, and Alicia actually scolds me for this lack of ability, but Tara is always thinking about, hey, do you need this? Hey, can I, even before we record the podcast, do you want some coffee? Do you want me to bring you a drink? Uh, 
she buys buys us cookies every year from Tiff Streets for Christmas. And Alicia this year goes, now what have you done for Tara? And I go, uh. And so see that natural inclination. <laughs> so I actually got in trouble at home. And I so, love that woman. Yeah. So Tara's just gracious and kind. And she's thinking about other people and wants to serve other people. And then that's the part about you that's so appreciative when it comes to money is you're, it's not something that you're holding on to so strongly that you want to make sure that you're you're serving other people. And so We've got some other questions, but we've kind of, you know, almost exhausted our time here today. So we'll put these on the gram. Is that okay, Tara? Put them on ice. Yeah, put them on the ice. (laughs) Uh, I don't get that at all, but we'll put them on Instagram. And so this would just be a good exercise just to sit down with your spouse, just let them talk, hear their story. And if anything, you're just gaining some perspective and understanding. Um, And so maybe if we have time um, at the end of the season, if we have the time, energy, and inclination, we could even do a little bonus episode part two because there's a lot of good stuff we didn't get to, but, yeah. you know, time yeah. and attention spans. Exactly. My, I was I was locked in when you were talking. No, I, I mean okay. the listeners. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about me. No, like no, I was, no. Man, I must be on edge today. So <laughs> it must because I, Brock is really excited, guys, because he went to the dentist today and he oh, I found a new hasn't dentist. shut up about oh, it. He got a hot dentist. towel. He got a warm neck pillow. Oh, it so was, it was living stoked. the dream. Living the dream. And my insurance covered all of it. I spent zero dollars. That's the kicker. If it would have cost a bunch of money, I would, See, have look, been, I would have been money, out. Yeah, money exactly. and emotions right there, folks. Right, so we'll put some questions on, but for our mindful moment, uh, we want to encourage you to look up those questions and maybe just find some time just to listen to your spouse, ask these questions of each other and do that. And another thing I'd like to encourage you to do is when this episode comes out, we're just starting Financial Peace University, which is a class you can take at Hope Fellowship. And so doing something like that, where you can have a neutral party kind of guide you through help you think about how you think about finances and come together. And that's one of the things I love about financial pieces. I feel like it's a class that tries to listen to both sides. And so that's coming with a budget that mm-hmm. can live together <clears throat> for both people. Yeah, and, so and doing something like that You can tailor it too. I mean, uh, oh my gosh, I just brain pooped. What's Dave Ramsey. Dave Hello, Ramsey, there we yeah. go. Brain he, poop. He may not like, well, I don't want to say F-A-R-T. Oh, on, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, we don't want to say poop sorry. is okay though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he may not like that I'm saying this, but I do feel like, cause I've taken that class years ago and like, you know, do what works for you. You can be flexible with it and kind of tailor it to your own, um, life and needs. So there's that. Cause I feel like sometimes it can be a little extreme in certain things. It can be. Yeah. Um, not everybody's just going to have, you know, a few hundred grand laying around where they go pay cash for a house. So <laughs> yes, that's, that's there's true. that. So. But just doing something where, like, if we know that finances can be an area of argument in a couple, doing something to kind of see if we can bring some healing there, like asking each other questions, hearing each other, taking a class, is being proactive and being preventative, I think is kind of what we're after today because realizing this can be such an issue and it should be an issue because we're so different. And let's just navigate that and learn to grow from each other where we can get to this point where we truly appreciate the well-roundedness of the two perspectives coming together. So I like that, Brock. I like that. Yeah. So, and maybe we can all be as generous as Tara someday. Okay, that would, calm that would be down. Great. Calm so, down. But thank you guys for joining us today on the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Hopefully that mindful <laughs> moment will be a moment in your week ahead oh, of you. Look, look at that. that. Wow. All right. And make sure you smash that subscribe button. I saw it on a YouTube video. Oh, so gosh. I got to save it. Please don't ever say that again. All right. See you guys. Bye.